Um, obviously, it's the first Sunday back on this side for many people. Just put your hands up if you if you if you were part of us when we were on this side on a you know on a on a permanent basis. Quite 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 a number. So we, we remember what it was like a number of years ago being on this side. Yeah. Well, what, what was it good? Yeah. It was, wasn't it? We had. We had good times on this side. God blessed us. He was with us. We had some good times. We had good times on the other side as, as well. But it, it's, it's the start of a new era, um, being, back, being back on, on this side. And I believe that God is rebuilding. There's a rebuilding in God or, or, of what we once had as we move back onto this side but with any rebuilding or restoration that God does what he does is always better is always better than what was there before we're not coming back here just to replicate what we had when we were here in the first place but we're coming back here to move on from that and to moving into new and good things. And I think the moving onto this side is a, signifies the start of something really good and really special and really important in God. There, there's, he doesn't just restore what was there before, but he takes it and he makes it better and he, de- and he develops it. You know, he, he doesn't do away with what was there before. That's the very basis of our salvation, isn't it? That he could have done away with us, but he didn't. Instead, he, he, he came and he died for us and he restored, restored us. Not just to take us back to the original position, but to take us on. And I believe that God really wants to take us on from where we are now into greater and into better, better things. In, um, at one point in Israel's history, they were in exile, weren't they? They'd abandoned God, they were taken into exile, and then there came another point where they returned from ex- exile, to, they returned to, the, to, to, their, to the homeland, they returned to Jerusalem, but things were in a mess. The temple was in ruins, the wall, the city was a mess, the walls were broken down, and there had to be a restoration work going on. And prophets like Haggai and Zechariah prophesied into that situation. And Haggai, in, in, in Haggai 2 and verse 9, he took, he's talking about the, the rebuilding of the temple. And he says, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former. And I believe that God would speak to us now in this place. And he said, the the glory of this new time here is going to be greater than the glory of the former time that we had here. I believe that that's what, that's what God would say to us. 
I just want to read a bit more from, from that, that quotation. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Haggai 2, and I'm going to read from verse 3. It says, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not nothing in your, your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O, jo- o Joshua. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while I'll shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in and I will fill this house with glory, says the, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former. And we look around now and, and we, you know, Jeff has honoured the people who have worked so hard this week and that's really important. We, we've worked hard to get it into this, this, the situation that it is now, but yet we see, and maybe we, we see it isn't much yet, it's not much in, in, in anticipation of what we want it to be and what we're expecting it to be on, be on this side. There's, there's work to be done, and it's going to be a great facility when it is finished. And the physical, the, the physical glory of this place, when we've done it all out, is going to be great compared to how it is now and how it was before. But the, the, the physical, the temporal, always reflects the spiritual. First the physical, then the spiritual. And I believe that is going to be a, refle- that is going to be a reflection of what is going to happen spiritually in, the, in, the, in this place. That we're going to see an increased glory in the presence of God. We're going to see an increased glory in the works of the Spirit. We're going to see an increased glory in people coming in and be say- being saved. We're going to see an increased glory in healings and miracles and the works of God in this place place we're not just going to have a good building we're going to have the mighty presence of the holy spirit of god amongst us doing great works let's let's be anticipating the good things of god because because god has got a great work to do to do amongst us we're we're stepping in we're stepping in to into good times in the in the lord like never before you know some people can look back Right back, not just to this place, but to, to, to before when, when we, which I can't remember, when we were at Neto, and all the good things that have happened in the church. Well, God says that that is just a precursor of what is, what is to come because we're going to move into times that we have not had before, that we have not known before in Airedale Church, there's going to be an increase of blessing, there's going to be an increase of goodness, there's going to be an increase of the works of the, the Lord, and we're moving into to new and to better times that we have not known at all before. Even our renaming, it's not that we just fancy another name. It's not that. It's prophetic. 
It's a prophetic renaming. All Nations Church. A church that will reach out from here into all nations. Into all peoples and into all situations. But I believe it's more than that. It's not just a reaching out into every nation. But it's a reaching out into all people in all nations. No matter what their situation. Whether they be, be... no matter what their background, whether they be poor or rich, whether they be educated or uneducated, whether they be employed or unemployed, single, married, divorced, homosexual, heterosexual, transgender, having children, no children, upper class, middle class, black, white, brown, whether they be religious or irreligious or or atheist, whether they be Muslim or, or, or Sikh or Christian, whether... Whether they're teetotalers or alcoholics, whether they're drug addicts, whatever they are, whatever their background, God wants to reach out and he wants to touch them and he wants to get hold of them and he wants to change their lives and he wants to to remarkably turn them around and he wants you and me to be involved in that. In, in the Bible, it talks a lot about all things and all people. And I think, I believe there's some important reasons for that. The first reason is that God is an all-inclusive God. He doesn't want to leave anybody out. He is reaching out to everyone, everywhere. And that includes me and it includes you. You know, this morning, you're included. This message is for you. It's for everybody here. You know, sometimes we have, somebody gets up and they say, I've got a word for so-and-so. Or I've got a word that I think is relevant to somebody here. And that's great and that's fantastic. And we long to hear of that. But this message this morning is not like that. This message is for everybody here. It's for everybody here. It applies to everyone. And we need to, we need to, take, it to take it on board. We're all included. Amen. We're all recipients of his grace and his favour, of his love and his bounty. He has a plan for each one of us. And we're all included in his plan. And you know, this stuff that we keep preaching to you about, about our standing in God, about God's favour being upon us, about how God views us and not to put ourselves down, you better start believing it. You better start taking it on board because it's true and it's real. Don't exclude yourself. Don't exclude yourself this morning saying you're not good enough. Oh, God never speaks to me. I don't feel, feel like it. I'm not important enough. Don't put yourself down because God has got a plan and he's got a purpose for you. And you're, you're at the centre of his thoughts and his will and his purpose. And you're part 
this morning of a great work that God wants to do in this place, in this town, at this time. The second, <coughs> the second reason, and I just hope my voice holds out till the end. <laughs> um, the second reason that God, that the Bible speaks about all things and all, all people, is that that's precisely what God is the expert in. He is the expert in all things and all people. It's his specialist subject. He's got a degree in it. He's got a PhD in it. He's got a professorship. He's published papers on it. He's the world's leading expert in all, thi- all things and all people. Stephen, Stephen Hawking has been working all his professional life on his theory of everything. And he ain't got there yet. (laughs) And he's not going to get there. In fact, the, the more we find out, the more we find out there is to know. God hasn't got a theory of everything either. He's got the facts of everything. Remember hearing years ago on Mastermind, this one contestant, he, he wanted as his specialist subject the life cycle of this particular butterfly. And he wasn't allowed, because they could only think of 13 quest- possible questions, to ask him about it. It was that specialised. And, and some people are a bit like that, aren't they? They're... they're Absolute experts on a very narrow field, but know not a lot about anything else. God is not like that. He's the expert in every area. In every area of my life and your life, in every situation, God is the expert. Whatever the problem, whatever the difficulty you've got, turn to him. He's got the answer. Whatever dream or vision or desire you've got, take it to him. He can equip you. He can provide for you. He can turn that dream and vision into reality. He wants to do great things through us. And he wants to make us great. But the the third reason that the Bible talks about all things and all people, and in many ways this is the most exciting, is that God, not only is he the expert in that, he wants to pass that expertise on to us. He he just doesn't want to to leave us. He wants to come and he wants to change us. He wants to use us. He wants to work through us. And he wants to pass these expertise onto us. He wants to equip us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to build us up. He wants to move us 
onto maturity, to change us with ever-increasing glory. None of us are left out. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on all of us. He dwells inside each one of us. We all can learn from him. We all can change and, and we all can grow. None of us are left behind. None of us are left out. But equally, none of us have made it yet. All of us have got things to learn. All of us have got ways we can, we can grow. We, we can grow. Yeah? We're in this together. We're in it together. We've got a job. Jesus has got a job for us to do together. So I believe these, these three things that I want to mention to you that Jesus wants us to do in relation to all people and all things. First of all, I believe he wants us to reach out to all people. He wants us to reach out to all people. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 is the Great Commission, isn't it? Um, And actually, it's interesting looking at that and looking at other scriptures that refer to that as well because they say in slightly different ways so in Matthew in Matthew 28 it says that Jesus says go and make disciples of all nations um in Mark Mark records it that, that Jesus says go into all the world and then in Acts, Luke records it. He says that Jesus says, You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, I've, I've got this thing against evangelism. So sorry about that, Glenn. <laughs> um, it's sort of, I suppose it was, I haven't really got this thing against evangelism, um, but I could have. It's how, I, when I first be, how evangelism was when I first became a Christian. That it was either door knocking, street work, or inviting people along to big rallies. And most of the time it was hard work. It didn't, wasn't very, and it wasn't very effective. And it put me off. You know, just got to be, be honest about it. Um, I mean, I also must say that during that time I did have some good experiences as well. I'm not decrying it. When it was done well, it was really good. I remember being part of, of the backup team for, for, for a Billy Graham crusade 
when he came to this country and he went to various football stadiums. And it was, it was great being involved in that, being part of the counselling team. I remember in Birmingham once we had a, um, a Reinhard Bonnke crusade. And part of that was in the week leading up to the crusade, we were out on the street in teams you know, witnessing to people, getting, inviting people along, but seeing healings and miracles and people coming to God as part of, the, part of those teams. And, that, and that, that, was, that was fantastic. But also I, I've had a number of difficult times. And, but, but, you know... In some ways, it's, that's, that's my problem. I've got to get over it. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, do you? Um, but let's not limit the way we perceive evangelism and the way that we do evangelism. There's so many other ways of doing it than that. And, and again, Glenn has been teaching us about that. And just getting alongside people and befriending them and do that that sort that sort of thing and, and you know many other other ways as well. And the commission of Jesus wasn't to have an evangelistic crusade necessarily. It wasn't to go round knocking on doors necessarily. It was in it was just to go out into all the world in whatever way. And tell them about Jesus. And we can can do that in whatever way we feel God is leading us in. You know, I can't do it all on my own. You can't do it all on your own. But together, we can start in this place and we can reach out into Keithley. You know, in Acts he said, start in Jerusalem, go on to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. I believe we can start in Keithley. We can start in this very street that we, we, we find ourselves on. We can start in Keithley, we can reach out into Keithley, we can reach out from Keithley into the other towns and villages surrounding us. We can go even to the ends of the world because that is our commission and it's here right now and that was what God has called us, called us to do. Jesus didn't say... Make converts of them. He didn't say, get them to pray the sinner's prayer. And then we never see them again. He said, make disciples of them. He said, make them into followers of me. And we can all be involved in that. We can all be involved. We can all talk to them about Jesus. You know, I, I believe that if we have a conversation with somebody and they don't necessarily become a Christian, but they start thinking about God, they start thinking about what Jesus has done, we are discipling them. We are moving them that step closer to God. 
that step nearer to them becoming a, a true follower of him. Philip didn't get Nathaniel and, say, and get, get him to pray a prayer. Philip got Nathaniel and he, say, he says, Come, what, what, you know, I've seen the Messiah. Come, come and see, he said. He dragged him, he brought him to Jesus so that he could experience Jesus himself. And that's what we need to do. We just need to bring people to Jesus. And let them find out about Jesus themselves in their own way and their own time. Because if they do that, it will be real to them. You know, Jesus said, he didn't say you will be my evangelists. He actually said, you will be my witnesses. And we can all do that. We can all be a witness about what Jesus has done for us in our lives. The difference that Jesus has made. We can all tell people about that. It's our testimony. And you know, the great thing about testimony is it is very difficult to argue against it. You can have great theological discussions with people and they will argue this way and that way and disagree with you. But when you start talking about what Jesus has done for you personally and the difference that Jesus has made to you in your life personally, you can't argue against that. You can't argue against it. We're witnesses and we can all say about what Jesus has done. We carry... The presence of God with us. We do. And, and I think sometimes we don't realise this. But we, we carry that presence and other people see it. And experience it and feel it. And they actually want to know why we're different. What have we got that they haven't got? And you know, we can, we can just tell them. As we get the opportunity, we can just tell them, we can witness of the goodness of God in our lives. We don't need a religious formula to tell them. We just need to tell them of the good things that God has done. And then God can, God can do the rest and he can start to work on their, on their lives. John 13 and 35 says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one, one to another. We need to show love. We need to show love. You know, and this is talking about not even loving them, it's talking about loving each other. But, and as, but as we love each other, they will see it. There will be attracted to it you know if we're always falling out and bickering and infighting amongst ourselves people out there are going to see it and say ah, well we don't want to join them don't want anything to do with them but if they see our love and our commitment for one another and how we help and support one another they're going to say they've got something that I haven't got and I want that
Galatians 6 and verse 10 says, let us do good to all people. We can reach out by loving them. By seeing them in their need and doing the good that we can for them. And they'll appreciate that. They'll open themselves up because of that. This is, this is one I really, I, I really like. Philippians 4 and verse 5 says, Let your gentleness be known to all. You know, so often we want to go in there and put things right and sort them out. And correct them. And we're right and they're wrong. But the scripture says, let your gentleness be known. Not being harsh, not judging, not getting our own back. Even if they, you know, they're approaching us in the wrong way. But just letting the gentleness and love and peace and fruit of the Spirit be, be, be evident, evident to them. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.22, he says, I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. You know, we, we need to relate to people. We need to be, show, show an interest in them as a person and not be a target for us to, to notch another notch on our, our, on our belt. We need to become their friends. And you know what? If all you do, and I'm not suggesting this is all you do, but if all you do is make a new friend, you've done a good thing. You've done a good thing in making a new friend. Now, yes, we wanted to go further than there, and you want opportunities to share your faith, but just in making a friend, you've done a good thing. So that's reaching out to all people. The next one is, is that in all things, we need to reach out to God. We need to reach out to all people, but in every situation, we need to reach out to God. In prayer, in faith and trust, in praise. 1, Tim- 1 Timothy 2.1 says... I urge, I urge you that all supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people. That we pray for people, that we intercede for them, that we ask God to move in on their lives and bless them. Yeah? Note in there, in there that this thanksgiving though. That this praise right in the centre of praying for somebody. That we pray, we're praising God. He goes on, does Paul, in verse 8 of that same chapter, that all men everywhere should pray lifting up holy hands. Without anger or quarrels. Now that's actually directed to the men. I think it's probably directed to the men because the women weren't, weren't quarrelling and falling out all the time and they were already praying. 
But it's so easy, isn't it, to, to get into arguments and quarrels and disputes. Let's take it to, to God in prayer instead. And let's be praying for each other and praying for those outside rather than falling out with them. Philippians 4 and verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, again, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to, known to God. So that as we take things to God in prayer, he can start to move and to work in that situation by his Holy Spirit. He can work, he can work on us to give us the, the, the peace and the joy that we need so that we, we're not getting all in a turmoil about things. But he can work in those situations to bring about change for his praise and for his glory. And Romans 15, 11 says, let all the people extol, extol him. So, so, you know, in all situations, for all people, let us pray, let us praise, let us worship, let us be involved in, in intercession. If we're going to see, see great change, if we're going to see God move amongst us powerfully, we need to be a people of prayer. We need to pray into situations and see them change. We need to get a wisdom so that we see the will of God in different situations and pray according to that will so that his Holy Spirit is released and can move powerfully in those situations and that, that God will be glorified. We need, to, we need to reach out to God in every situation. Thirdly, I think we need to stretch out in all situations. We need to stretch ourselves. We need to work well in every situation. We need to do things for God... For the be- to the best of our ability. We, we should not be giving him our dregs. We should be giving him our best. You know, if we, if we move in faith, I believe we will start to do things that we never even thought it would be possible for us to do. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now that's an, an incredible cl- cl- claim. And maybe you know, we, we can say, well, you know, I'm barely coping with the stuff I've got now. How on earth am I meant to expect you to do all things? I can't cope with day to day. Never mind all things. Well, let, let's start then 
with the all things that you've got that you're barely coping with. And those things that you find difficult on a day-to-day basis, the scripture here says that you can do those things. You can cope with those things. Let's bring those things to God. So that the all things that you've got to do, you are able to do. And you don't go under on those, but you're victorious And you're a conqueror, you're more than a conqueror in the things that God has already given you to cope with. And then maybe from there, maybe from there we can start to do, after we've coped with those all things that God has already given us, we can start to do more things in the strength of that. That we, that, we, that we cope more and more with the things that God has got, given us already and we start to move into new things, into more things as God gives us strength because we can do all things in Him who strengthens us. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8 says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Now I believe that that is the place of blessing that God wants us to live in. He doesn't want us to be, to be struggling. He doesn't want us to be going over. He doesn't want us to feel Poverty stricken. But he wants to bless us. With the things that we need. So that out of that strength. We can. We can move forward. And do the good works that God has got got for us. Bless me Lord. Yeah. Give me all that I need. And then I can work for you. And I can, I can, I can serve you. Sometimes we, we, we feel maybe that it's not that we can't do, but that we don't know what to do. We don't know which way to turn, what's the best thing to do. And, and, and that can cause a lot of fear and worry and distress. Well, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 10 says, These things are revealed to us by the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all. All things, even the depths of God. And in verse 15, it it goes on to say, The spiritual person judges all things. The Holy Spirit is working in us to reveal all things to us. And we need to turn to Him, we need to go to Him, and we need to ask for revelation, for wisdom, for direction, for guidance, that through him we can make good, sound judgments, that we can speak into other people's lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can speak into their situations in wisdom and in truth and see their their situations change. 
God can give us wisdom in all things. He can give us direction in all things. So that we have the right word for the right time. So that we know exactly what to do in each each situation. Trusting and knowing that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. Yeah? It's not that everything is good and wonderful now and perfect, but that even in the bad situation, even in the difficult situation, we can trust God that God is working to bring His good even out of these difficult even out of these difficult situations god wants to work mightily in this place he, want, he wants to use us greatly in this place he wants us to touch all men he wants us to To work in all things and all situations. Why? Well, there's a a verse in Colossians that says that Christ is all and in all. It's all for Jesus. It's all for Jesus. It's all for him and it's all for his glory. You know, the temptation is often to think, I don't know about you, but I sometimes get into this way of thinking that the more I do for God, the less time I'm going to have to do the other things that I want to do. Um, But, you know, those other things are for God too. Because God is in all that we do. In everything that we do. Whether Whether we... label it as as something like spiritual or we label it as secular it doesn't matter God's in it all and he wants us to bless he wants to bless us in these other things as well so it doesn't become a a case if we've got less time to do these other things because these other things are for God as well and if we start bringing God into these other things, then these other things that we enjoy doing actually become all the sweeter. Um, we went out for the day yesterday, went to see my daughter, and we had a lovely day. We had a lovely day. We went round to these beautiful gardens. We had a nice meal out. The, the sun was shining. We had, a, we had a great time. And we weren't, sort of actively seeking God in it but God was with us in it and we were blessed in it and we you know just at one point in the day just said thank you Lord for 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 such a nice day you know God is in all that we do he's in every situation that we 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 face whether it's it's, it's here, or it's out in our work, or it's our leisure, or our rest. We can bring him into everything. And he can bless, he can bless us in, in, every, in everything. The purpose of what we're doing is that Christ is all. And that he's in all. 
in everything that we do. The first half of that verse actually says, says there is no Greek or Jew, no circumcised or uncircumcised, no slave or free, but Christ is all. And that brings us right back to where we were at the beginning with All Nations Church. That no matter what our background, no matter what our situation, God wants to move in our lives. He wants to bless us and he wants to do us good. He wants us to reach out to every person, everywhere, no matter what they are facing, no matter what they are going through, no matter what they've they've. they've come from he just wants us to reach out and touch them with the goodness and the blessing of God not judging them not looking at at this or that about them but just pouring out of God's goodness he's brought us into this place for a time of blessing a time of goodness a time of the moving of his Holy Spirit let's align ourselves to that let's Let's give our all to that. Let's throw ourselves behind that and say, say, yes, Lord, I'm available. I want to be part of that. I want to be involved in your work. Move by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Use me, Lord. Let's commit ourselves to that because if we do that, we will see God moving in great power amongst us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Maybe you'd just like to stand with me as we, as we finish. I've heard quite a lot of Amens and encouragements, and that's been, that's that's been great. But just for just for a minute or two, or a second or two, I think it'd be good just to do business with God, and 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 you know to to res, to respond to how however God has been been challenging you this morning, and and to say to say within your heart, yes, Lord, yeah. Let there be a yes to a response to that. That we acknowledge that God is going to do a good work amongst us. And that we want to be part of that. It's a new start and it's a new era as we're across on this side. Oh Lord, let me be part of that. Yeah? Let me be part of that. So let's just reach out to God. Let's just reach out to God. And declare in whatever in whatever we want, whether it's out loud or it's silently, just declare, Lord, you know, whatever in whatever way you want to use me, I'm available. Show me your way, Lord. Lead me and guide me. Move me on from the place that that I, that I am. Let's just reach out to God for a second. Jesus.
Lord, we declare your goodness to each one of us. We declare your goodness to us as a company of people here. We thank you for your presence amongst us this morning and how you've spoken to us and how you've been with us, Lord. We declare that you have got nothing but good things for us as, as, a, as a people of God here in this building. And we, we, ju- we just bring forth your blessing upon this place, Lord. We bring forth your blessing on the practical work that is about to be done here, Lord. We bring forth your your blessing and your favour on the people that are gathered here. That together, Lord, we we would move forward in you, we would grow in you, we would be strengthened in you, and we would see great things done amongst us, Lord. We just pray, come by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Come in might and come in power and have your way amongst us, that we would see salvations amongst us that we would see healings and we would see miracles lord we would see moves of your holy spirit and we would see keithley and beyond effective by a mighty move of god that we in this place are involved in in jesus name amen amen amen